This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of You Say. And Thomas, I am Chase Thomas, and I'm a sports writer. And I'm Philip Moucher. I'm a filmmaker. Apparently, I'm living in Stone Mountain, Georgia. There it is. No, you're not apparently. You just are. (laughs) I'm glad to correct your own living situation that you should know. You know, I appreciate that. I Mm -hmm. appreciate it. It's sometimes I get confused because, you know, I look at the address and my driver's license and I'm like, how long have I actually lived in, in, in Stone Mountain? How long have you? It's been, it's been a long time. Uh, when did you move into our old neighborhood? I mean, how long ago was that? I think it was like 2005. Okay. So I was 14. What were you? Uh, okay. 10, 10 years old, the ripe old age of 10. I knew a lot about life. At that point, I wasn't I wasn't searching like like most ten year olds. I mean, I had a I had a fairly complete understanding of of this mystery of of life as 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 do I mm-hmm. now. So I'm not really searching for for much. I feel like I figured it all out. You know, same, same. Um, mm-hmm. That's wild. I didn't realize your brothers were that young when y'all moved into the house. Yeah, I mean, they were in what kind- kindergarten and first hmm. grade. No, fourth grade. Okay. Fourth grade. That's what it was. Huh. I know things about my... Uh, apparently, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, man. How was your week? How was everything? My week My week was pretty uneventful, um, which I guess is, you know, all one can really hope for in late 2020. Um, did a lot of reading about... Um, <laughs> Interestingly enough, late stage capitalism mm. uh, last night, which which kind of is an oxymoron. I'm like really interested in in mixed economies. I'm gonna sound like a like a I don't know like a pedantic asshole right now, but <laughs> I'm really into like f- figuring out the best combination of 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 economic policies to sustain democracies. Um, when capitalism starts to uh, corrode the basic foundations of those democracies. And, and so I got into this like rabbit hole last night um, where I, I just got it like extremely confused. <laughs> and, and I, you know, it's, I, I, I think it's possible, obviously we're in, in an election year. I think it's possible for us to have honestly like a really, funny conversation like if we all came together we could have a really hilarious conversation about the way we set up our our modern economy like it's all the inequality that's happening all the the um the the elite capture and and disproportionate gains leveling up to the one percent like 
it's a hilarious way to organize like for humans to organize themselves um so i'm working on some some scripts um today and tomorrow to kind of tease tease those themes out um being an economic wonk over here but that's me that's that's just like the the height of my week late stage capitalism how about you uh not as eventful um i hurt my shoulder on sunday and i've just been dealing with that ever since and uh doing a lot of homework uh semester winds down in a month um Mm. preparing for that i wrote a lot that's crazy yeah they're ending things uh thanksgiving week before thanksgiving i feel like you just showed up there (laughs) done out of here are you staying i'm done i'm out of here what are you staying no. on campus like through, uh well i'm gonna, come, gonna back come back for thanksgiving and then for at least a couple okay. days and then i'll be back probably for a couple days for christmas and we don't start back till the end of january okay. like they push back the start date for next semester because they're not doing a spring break they're just gonna end early again so that's what a lot of schools are doing i'm sure that's what your alma mater is doing I don't. I don't think they had students on campus at all. Did they not? Yeah. Hmm. No, they they said ever everyone has to do. Uh, then they're probably remote for the full year. Remote. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Which I. I mean, I just feel terrible. I don't know how. I, I think it's I different mean, for undergrad versus graduate. <laughs> yeah, for undergrad that sucks, especially if you're a senior. Right. Like. Yeah, I don't want to be too Actually, down, I don't know. What do you think would be worse? Like do you think it would be worse doing your senior year virtual or your freshman year? I it'd think be freshman. Worse, period. It's it's worse period. Yeah. Like I if if I had to do any year remotely, it would I I don't even think I could Sophomore junior year is fine. I, you could I do choose. Sophomore junior year. I don't know. Like maybe maybe yeah. junior year. I would put junior year on the chopping <laughs> block, but it's like college is it's. I think it's very difficult to have a whole whole college experience without being on campus. And obviously, people go to online colleges and and like community colleges and commute from, you know, their their homes and whatnot. But I just I just feel like my heart goes out to all the students who aren't able to be with each other in class. Like that just it it's awful. It's really awful. So, well, thanks for nothing, Philip. Well, you get to go to class. Uh, no, right? they're it's virtual this fall. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's on you. What what do you, what do you do during the day? What is your, what does a typical school day look like? I mean, you? it depends on what I have to do um, that week. Every week is different, but because like some weeks I have to allocate more time to schoolwork, and then other weeks I have less. I mean, I always have stuff to do, but just uh relative um and i have a lot of stuff to do different days but it's been the mornings writing reading podcasting and then um homework that i have to do that day and then i work at night uh four nights a week okay i'm a pretty busy person that just it just sounds like a like a regular pretty regular yeah like everyone else like who's i guess working remotely it doesn't like this is not a year where school could necessarily be something like extra special for, for, for the people who are screwed are the elementary school kids. Like the people are getting left behind on that front 
um pretty wild um there are people walking outside of my house that i have no idea who these people are that's wild um kind of concerning <laughs> this is fine is it- uh, i don't know <laughs> Do they have I don't know what's time. happening. Um, it yeah. is Halloween. And I'm, the, I'm the rear-rendering it. Um, yeah. Hey, that's it is a good, good film. film. I might watch that today. James hmm. Stewart. What? No, I should do Halloween Town. That's what I do every year. Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus. Hocus <laughs> Pocus. <laughs> that like yeah. the Disney movie. Okay. All right. Okay. That's uh. That's. That's a that's it a, is flick. a flick. That's a Halloween flick. I love decoms, man. I'm all about the decoms. I haven't watched one in like ten years. You got to get back in there. I do. I I I don't know. Like I kind of want to leave it where where it lay. Like fifteen years ago, watching Johnny Tsunami, know, what like Pixel Perfect and Johnny Tsunami, Brink. the Even Stevens movie, Brink, Sky High. Um, under wraps they had the black the black fa- uh, superhero family movie what was yeah that was that was before Susie q um alley Susie cat strike q. oh yeah oh <laughs> yeah yeah see those are mm-hmm. gts simpler times simpler times and then of course you'd like flip over to Cartoon Network and like Courage the Cowardly See, Dog I was never into and, that. I was yeah, never just, a Cartoon Network person. Oh, no, neither. neither. Oh, I was just like not not mm. that show. Cartoon yeah, that was Network. not my thing. I, could, I was never really a big animated yeah. guy. Oh, this guy. This guy is like, come on, give me, <laughs> give me, give me, give me the Toronto Film Festival. Give me yeah. Berlin L. Give me, give me Pan. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so above the animated art form. I was about to say because of what we're talking about. We're talking about an animated movie today. (laughs) Well, okay, I guess that's a good segue. Um, (laughs) This was an animated movie and a beautifully shot animated movie. It's probably my favorite animated movie I've ever seen. A lot of people have said that. A lot of people have said that. A lot of, a lot of very accomplished filmmakers and actors and just people like who are not even who don't really touch the animated world said that this is, this was their favorite Spider-Man movie hands down, like far and away. And I can see why I can definitely see. Why why. do you think so? Well, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, right? Um, This was, this was what, like the eighth Spider-Man movie. I'm either the seventh or eighth Spider-Man movie since 2002. And you had the first three with Tobey Maguire, and they were all pretty much critically acclaimed. And I think number two was was like a, a, a cult favorite. And then you get into the Amazing Spider-Man's, the one with the ones with Andrew Garfield, and then of course you have the um, the ones with um, Tom Holland, and they're all live action flicks. And they're they're essentially just remakes of the same the same thing you've you've got peter parker uh, you're you're seeing his origin story uh and it's nothing you know nothing's going to surprise you spider-man to the spider-verse is is a completely different ball game i mean it's 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 a feature film where you're you're getting 
exposed to a version of Spider-Man that most people wouldn't associate with with the genre, with the with the franchise. And it was just a fun movie. It was it was it had a fantastic story structure. Um, it was just a really pleasant departure from the known, right? Where you've got uh, this kind of brooding kid, this kind of brooding outcast kid who's like trying to find his way in the world, and all of a sudden has these these incredible abilities. Like, yeah, we've seen that time and time again. But with Miles Morales, you know, we're 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 bringing another perspective into the fold that doesn't overtly feel like hey this is this is a a, a person of color embodying the the role of Spider-Man it's it, it it wasn't i don't think it was in your face like that it was it was one of these things where it was like no this is just a this is just a, a regular american kid living in new york city <clears throat> Who is, you know, whose whose story we're participating in and witnessing? And I thought that was that was a really well it was it was really well done. Like, it was it was comedic where it needed to be. It was it wasn't too self serious, but it did take itself serious seriously. Um, like I said, the 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 story structure was amazing. Um, I thought they did Expo really well. I'm curious to hear what you think about that since you hate Expo. Um, and yeah, like. The visual language, the texture of it, all of it was just really playful and fun. It was just a fun movie. It was fun. And I think that was something that going in, it's it's really hard for me to sink my teeth into animated movies. And I was able to sink my teeth into this one um, right away. And not going to lie, I, I just I was so sad. To, there, this movie's been out for two years. I'm okay with spoiling some stuff. Um, finding out Aaron's Prowler, it's brutal. It's brutal for me. <laughs> you no, didn't I didn't. Suspect. Not even. Not really. No. Nobody with with the same the same body type and the fact that he goes missing for like a week during the hold on classic when... Uncle Aaron situations. Like he's just disappearing. He's hanging out. He's a cool guy. I thought he was just uh, out there dating around. Doing some graffiti. Oh, no. oh he was da- he was da- he was dating around all right, and he was dating the force. Oh, oh, um, Peter B. Parker was perfectly cast with Jake Johnson. Like, just I thought that was that was perfect. Just his voice with uh, th- that character just given up and sad. Spider Man, <laughs> you know, sad dimension was just something I very much enjoyed. And then, Nicholas yeah, Cage. that was that was great. <laughs> um, and then all the different ones that came into play. Um. I don't know. I thought this was this was crazy. Like Kingpin was crazy looking to me. Like I still kind of laugh about just how big his body is in this movie, and then how small his head is. It's Compared it's pretty great. Head, yeah. Um, I don't know. This movie doesn't take itself <clears throat> too seriously, and I think that's an important thing for Spider-Man movies. And a lot of comic book movies fall into this. Like the Justice League and all the DC new movies just take themselves so seriously, and it's just boring. Yeah. And this yeah. movie does not do that. Um, the dialogue is solid. Like, Miles is great. And um, I don't know. I thought this was just a really fun, enjoyable ride, which is what I think all animated movies should strive for is fun, 
interesting and visually appealing and just keeps you entertained for the uh, for the duration of the movie. Yeah, <clears throat> it's um, it, like I I completely agree that the casting the casting was really well done. You've got Liev Shriver, Jake Johnson, Shamik Moore, um, uh, Brian Tyree Johnson as as um, as Jeff Davis, the father. Sorry, Bri- Brian Tyree Henry as um, as Jeff Davis. Um, Mahershala Ali as Aaron Davis. So apart from apart from the casting, you know, I I just felt like it was really well executed from just like not even a like a visual standpoint, right? Like there are so many things that were different about the visual language of this animated film than anything that I think people have seen prior. So like computer like we're used to the type of computer animation that DreamWorks does where you have these round fluid three-dimensional characters that move with like this lifelike precision on the screen if you think about like Shrek or um or like Shark Tale or even like Disney Pixar Finding Nemo and uh we've really transitioned I guess with this like the way that the animation is on has transitioned away from um uh being as true to life as possible to really almost kind of making a comic book come to life. I don't I don't read comics. But I felt when I was watching this with all of the different, you know, stickers that came up, all of the the words um an onomatopoeia that were just randomly appearing on screen like I I think that if that if it were not as well done as it as it was, it could come off as really kitschy. But I think they they did such a great job with um establishing the visual language of this of this movie that it was just like a pleasant thing when um it should come as no surprise that this movie was created by the same people who created the lego movie when i saw that i was like oh this makes sense yeah well i haven't seen that yeah have you seen that well you said you're not into animated (laughs) movies and you're just i know that's let me check my notes here too Uh, yeah. Generally speaking, no. But as you were saying, Philip. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it for, um, I enjoyed it for a lot of reasons. There was a lot of subtlety. Like I paid attention to, um, I paid attention to a lot of the the movements of uh of the characters. So, for instance, when. I think it's like one of the final scenes of the film, I guess the the battle sequence when they're trying to fight uh, Doc Ock off and she gets hit by a bus and, you know, there's the shot of, of you know, Peter, the, the old Peter Parker and um, Gwen and Miles and... Peter Peter Parker just kind of gasps and puts his hand over his mouth as if he's like completely shocked, and it's that amount of of subtlety that I think I think just adds a layer of 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 intentionality and care to this film. Like there's another there's another shot where <clears throat> where Miles is being dragged along um, by the I love how they have elevated trains in New York like that. I guess that 
maybe like like that clearly does not exist in the way that it's depicted in New York. Like it's not like Chicago where you have these elevated trains like running through the middle of downtown and they they have them in Queens. But um, I just thought that 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 was an interesting uh, departure from reality. But so Spider uh, Miles Morales is being dragged um, like by the train and where you know there's they cut to a shot inside the train where this kid is listening to music on his headphones and you know it's like this awkward thing and then miles just kind of gives like a nondescript like sup nod to the guy and i was like it takes a, i don't know like it takes a lot of they they easily could have just done that shot without without any sort of um acknowledgement to the to that character on the train but the fact that they put that in there i think speaks to the the subtlety and the care that they're you know the writers are are putting in this um in this film yeah i think what carried this movie throughout was miles and peter parker like i think they really needed those two to hit and those two really hit just like the difference between like so if uh, i can pull from roger ebert's review um, on RogerEbert.com, um, and I thought this was this was true, and you can tell me if you agree. But um, he said, "quote Whereas Miles is young, eager, and full of promise, the version of Peter Parker he eventually encounters is middle-aged, jaded, and paunchy. It's an inspired new angle into this iconic superhero, and Johnson finds just the right combination of sarcasm and sadness in this reluctant mentor figure. I think that's our relationship, Philip. I think that uh, that's why people listen to this <laughs> podcast for this exact same reason." <laughs> <laughs> Who's Poncho? Uh, take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I could see that. I could see that translating. I'm like the. I'm like the wide-eyed. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Uh, um. I don't. I mean, I don't even know what what analogy I could use. Just a wide-eyed young mm-hmm. person with a zeal for life and you're <laughs> who, lo- who loves mm-hmm. reading books and obviously be careful loves here philip reading about late late stage capitalism and i'm i'm asking you who do you think who do you think you are in that in that uh, uh i'm absolutely peter b parker i am the the one who gets I, killed in the early half that's not no 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 no, no. The, peter b parker Okay, Johnson. Uh, yeah, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I thought he he just has this funny like devil may care like whatever. Vibe it's interesting. He gets this role in that. every movie he's in, even if it's animated. That's what he's cast as. Like he is this character in New Girl. He is this character in um, Drinking Buddies. He is this character. I swear in everything that he's in. He's getting typecasted already. Like that is that is his role. Maybe he's yeah. good at it. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not, but that's definitely he's his really role. Good at it. Yeah. Alright, well. Yeah, I thought I thought his he had this uh this general like malaise right that wasn't irredeemable like he obviously got a divorce from his wife and you know who who is the one and only mary jane and 
you know, there's that one scene where he he sees her at, uh, or I guess the alternate dimension version of her at at the banquet towards the end of the movie, and um, he like can't contain himself, or he's you know he just becomes a gushy, hopeless romantic in that moment. I think I think um, I think I could see I could see you making that making that type mm. of gesture. So all hope is not lost. Mm. Maybe. Um, now I want to go back and watch Dope because Shmeet Moore is in Dope. I was like, where do I know him from? And I was like, oh, Dope. That was like one of my favorite movies to watch in theaters. And I think Zoe Kravitz was in that too, wasn't she? And I she's in so. this. Huh. They got the They got the band back together. It's a very good movie. Uh, I love that movie. I have not seen it since I saw it in theaters a long time ago. That was like 2015. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That's what I was just thinking about. Um He's from Atlanta. Too. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. From Stone Mountain or Lilburn? <laughs> no, he's just he's just from. Where Atlanta. is Childish Gambino from? Just, just Atlanta. Yeah. He's from Stone Where's Philip Musay living? <laughs> <laughs> I love how you corrected yourself before, you, or you you say you edited yeah. yourself. I I I I currently live in uh, there. It is Stone Mountain. Not Lilburn, Georgia, as uh, you've inaccurately described. Yeah, I don't live in, I don't, I don't live in, I don't live in Lilburn per se. But you know, it's it is close by, by for sure. It, it close is by. close by. Man, we got to put Lilburn on the map. <laughs> Do we? We Just we. On. They got <laughs> destroyed on ESPN last night. Uh, Lilburn, our alma mater. They're on ESPN against Grayson last night. They, they lost very badly. Really? Oh my god! Uh, well, I stopped watching when it was forty-seven to seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's yeah, that's good enough reason to stop watching. Um, what do you think? Yes, Pete. Which? Oh, when you go back and you think about this movie, what do you think this movie did the best um, in terms of other animated movies that you've seen? What did this movie do differently that? just you thought was put it over the top that you thought made it like one of the best animated movies you ever seen i feel like i feel like this movie was um it was unafraid it was it was unafraid to to be edgy but just enough to still be like not the equivalent of a of you know, an animated Deadpool. Like it had Deadpool vibes where it was just kind of like not self-serious in that way. You know, like um, in the same way that Deadpool is kind of like off the cuff and, and like extremely irreverent. Um, Peter B. Parker, I think mirrors some of that. Um, but I just felt like this, this film took a, a, a risk in how it decided to structure this particular story like we're being introduced to the character Miles Morales for the first time and that's um i don't want to say like that that's like enough of a departure from the reality that we know as as Spider-Man but then we're all, then then they're going to bring in like um 
Peter Porker, <laughs> like an of uh, you know played by John Mulaney, and they're gonna bring in like a version of uh, you know Penny Parker from thirty one, the year thirty one forty five or what or whatever it is, you know, who has like a like a a mind link with a robot who would like was in I don't I don't even know like what the I don't fully understand what the origin story there is. Like she was bitten by a radioactive spider and like has a mind link with a robot. Like that's a lot. I mean, that's completely from left field, but they made it work and they, and they went through all of their backstories in a super efficient way. It was like, yeah, okay, well we're an hour and a half into the movie or an hour into the movie. And by the way, here are all these other people and we're just going to throw them at you. You know, they didn't have to do that, but they did. And I think it worked really, really well because I, I just think, you know, Phil Lord and um, and uh, and was it Chris Miller and um, who else? Who else wrote this? Rodney Rotham, Rodney Rothman. Um, they took a risk with this and they were they came up with a full hand. I like that. What do you think? It's interesting you use the word risk because I don't, I guess they did take a lot of risk in this movie. There's a lot of characters. Like they, there's a lot going on. Like this movie, you have to keep up with it where this is not a traditional origin story. Like there's a lot of moving parts in this movie and it could have easily gotten jumbled and just been like, what are we watching? Like they're just throwing guys at you. Like, remember this guy? Remember this guy? Remember this guy? Remember this person? Remember this person? (laughs) Like this could have easily, easily spiraled out of control. Like, Aunt May just yeah. coming out and introducing them to like all of her stuff. Like that's when the story gets kind of okay. I really got to strap in for this. Aunt May has been in on the dimensional changes. She knows what's up. Um, I don't know. I think that was a big risk is having this many characters. And I don't know if this, like, what do you think about this movie would not have worked if it was all real actors? What do you think they got away with because it was animated that they would not have been able to pull off? You mean like you mean what? What if this movie were the real life version of the Justice? Essentially, League? yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a hard question to at or to answer because I I just I can't imagine this not working the way that it did. If that makes sense, um, I think they were able to pull it off because this was so different we didn't really have we you can't really compare this to anything i mean the what the the closest reference point as like for instance if you were to, to compare this to the um the most recent non-disney pixar film that won the best animated picture award oscar um i think that one was was happy feet and like that's just a bunch of penguins <laughs> like uh, not not to be dismissive but like it's not a very complicated movie like it's it's a penguin learns how to dance and he teaches everyone how to dance and like it inspires the world i've never <laughs> seen like, that take pe- take better care of penguins i don't you think so it. I, I don't it. the way you just described <laughs> well, it i'm out exactly. i think i'm 100 percent out right right so it's not a very complicated movie in that but that one that won the um uh that won the yeah the so Oscar. did um rango whereas, right whereas the movie that yeah, everyone is yeah, like exactly. is actually good that nobody's actually seen i don't know of anyone that's actually seen yeah, rango. Never, it's seen always it. available in walmart it's always available in target you can see that <laughs> everywhere like that movie is on shelves 
for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah, DVDs. it's the only DVD you can still buy. Um, you can quote me on that, folks. I promise really you, it's the only one you can buy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. Well, okay, so that that aside, right? Even the way I just described Happy Feet was just like, okay, I don't really feel like watching that. But if you were to, d- to describe Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is just a long, that's just a mouthful of a title to begin with. It's about, you know, Miles Morales, a, uh, you know, teenage um, kid living in Brooklyn who gets bitten by a spider and, like, is he's not the real Spider-Man, but, like, the real Spider-Man dies and, like, a bunch of other Spider-Men people and women come from alternate dimensions and they have to fight Kingpin to uh, prevent him from opening up, like, a rip in the space-time continuum. <laughs> like, how is that supposed to work on paper? <laughs> like, it's just, it's just, uh, and obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not reading the log line or anything, but I don't know. I just, I think what, like, there's no proxy for this. There's no, unless you're, I don't really know. Like, I guess you could, you could think about anything that was done on Cartoon Network and, like I don't know if you if you've well you said you're not into animated stuff and I guess neither neither am I but the times when I am like bored and and flipping through the channels um, I you know I land on Cartoon Network and like um, Teen Titans Go will be on which is to me like one of the most hilarious animated shows I've ever seen because it 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 really does not take itself seriously like it. It's just kind of this absurd mishmash of of hijinks that the that the team gets itself into. But the storytelling is is really really great. But the the conceptual things that the team goes through, whether it's you know fighting inter interdimensional demons or like I don't know um, uh, getting stuck inside of. Uh, uh, like the soul of, or like the subconscious of of Raven, and like needing to fight off her, I don't know, like her her inner problems and whatnot, like stuff like that. Like doesn't re- like you would you would read that on paper and you'd be like, this is really weird, but then you watch it and it's like, this is really well done. <laughs> like it makes me, it it's one of the only animated shows that consistently makes me laugh. Like that's and that's. And I think it's that's because it, it takes risks, and I can I guess like a t- to me like that show is a is kind of a proxy for the type of risk taking that into the Spider Verse takes. Um, but other than that, like I don't really think you can compare this with. I haven't seen Coco, nor have I seen Frozen. Um, I don't even know. Like I think the last Pixar is out in theaters. Like I don't know if I can just go because I go to the movies by myself anyway. Um, back when we used to go to movies, yeah. um, miss you every day. Uh, huh. going to go ahead and tell you going on opening weekend to, what was the one where they're all, uh, emotions? What was that? Uh, I was just about to say, yeah. Inside out. Inside yeah. Out. That was the last, I walked I into that movie by myself and it's just a bunch of parents with children and I, you just walk in, <laughs> it's like a middle 20 year old and you're just like, uh, uh, this is weird i'm gonna go sit in the corner um just gonna watch the movie thanks guys all right um yeah don't recommend it but 
I do recommend going to the movies that I miss every day. What was the last movie you saw in theaters, Philip? Um, Invisible mm. Man. Interesting. Right before <laughs> it came out and it was out for like two weeks and then every theater shut down. And then like a week later it was available on Amazon. I'm worried that theaters are just not going to really come back. I don't, yeah, I don't really see a path to that, at least in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, at least until enclosed spaces you know, like that, just majority. tight. I don't, I don't know. I think that's gonna be one of the last things. And at that point, is it too late? I don't know. I think, I think you're you're gonna see a resurgence of people wanting to do things that are in person once all of this is is said and done. Um, you know, I think experts are saying that things won't get back to quote unquote normal until, you know, end of next year, early 2020, sorry, early 2022. Um, I think, I think theaters will, will make a comeback, but it won't be, it probably won't be in the, in the way that we think, um, or in the numbers that we think, I think there's going to have to be some, some shared, uh, shared responsibility between like the streaming companies and and theaters to uh to release you know to release pictures um it's hard to tell like do you think that people like do you think people's behavior has been sufficiently changed knowing that they can like instead of ta- instead of spending you know $45 on tickets and like $20 on concessions to take your family of four to see Mulan in theaters plus like the gas that you have to pay you know pay to get there and whatnot now you can just pay $30 on Disney plus and I mean are you getting that same call it a day experience like the the difference between seeing a movie like on the big screen in the dark in that world versus at home it's just not even close like unless you have like your own home theater unless you're out here creating holograms of your deceased father um, with your husband writing the script for your deceased father, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, no, it's, you're not going to be able to, um, just produce that same kind of, um, environment. And well, you're talking as if, as a, like me, connoisseur. like a film yeah. purist, right? Like, they were meant like to be you... seen in theaters. Like that is ultimately where you should see movies for the first time. Right, but I think that filmmakers and just creators of all types are adapting the types of stories that they're telling to smaller screens. Which I is mean, sad television to me. Is is what most people. Yeah, I think I think it's it. De- I mean, it depends on it depends on what you like. Like if you're if you're the type of person who loves to binge, you know, um, the latest <clears throat> the latest season of of new. Well, those are two different whatever. things: television in the small screen versus movies in the big screen is a very very different different experience, and that's something different anyway. I wouldn't compare the two. Right, but do you, do you think that? Do you think? In the long run, more people will be drawn to longer form television type, or sorry, longer form cinematic content. And if so, we'll be willing to go back into theaters because I actually don't, 
I think I think like the market behavior is changing dramatically where you have like HBO is producing cinematic quality mm-hmm. work where every episode of, you know, of um of Watchmen or Game of Thrones is literally a movie. Um every episode of Lovecraft Country is literally a movie and people are getting accustomed to watching prestige content on smaller screens. Um, I think, I think that in the long run, it's great for companies like HBO. Um, but at the same time, like, I think it, it changes people's expectations and behaviors. Like if you can watch movie quality stuff and enjoy it in the comfort of your home, why would you go to the movies? I guess it depends on the person, but I think you're probably right that more people are going to do that. Um, and movie prices were expensive, but I, I don't know. I think you have to find like your own, what was that thing that we had? Um, that just was really cool for a little bit. Movie pass. Is that what it was called? Um, (laughs) that fizzled out. You need something like that to bring it back. You need some sort of subscription that minimizes the cost, um, to bring people back in and incentivize them to go back into theaters, uh, a lot more. But, um, I hope that is not where we go. I think you're probably right. That that is where people are inching. Um, I do think behavior will be forever, um, altered by a lot of people. So I don't think normal, uh, whatever people were like pre pandemic, I don't think we'll ever hundred percent go back to the way things were. I think a lot of people, I think masks will be probably something that people just wear in the winter going forward. I think you'll see a lot of people do that. Um, I think we'll be just more polarized, um, for the remainder yeah, I think that is something that will not go anywhere. <laughs> I think people will be less trustful. There'll be like 30% of the country that is just not trustful of anything when it comes to science. And um, <laughs> the other side will. And I, I think we're just going to be even more polarized and divided than we were previously. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's going to be bad. I think it's just going to be more and more separation and divisiveness and uh, darkness. <laughs> Are you talking about the movies or just uh, life, life in, in general? general. I'm extrapolating that <laughs> There's into going to be more separation yeah. between between viewers and the theater. Yeah. And <laughs> I think there are going to be people that uh, I I don't think we'll ever see like full theaters again. I really don't. I I I doubt it. Like I think well, it depends. It depends on if you're talking about like tent poles or. Like summer blockbusters, or like, can you imagine how weird it's going to be though? That first time that we actually see something like that, like that's going to be a full crowd for a theater. It's going to be wild, and everything's pushed back. Like yeah. we're not even going to be able to do that until minimum twenty twenty two, because every movie has been pushed back to twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, it will have been a solid two, two and a half, maybe even three years before there's a full theater. I think, I think theaters will, will for sure get back to normal and, and there will be a demand for in-person, um, togetherness. Also, it's not that hard not uh, to spend a bunch of money at the theater. Like these people, the concession stuff, like, Oh, it's like six. When I hear people complain about it, like, Oh, I end up $70. I'm like, who, what are you buying? Like 90 milk duds. Like, what are you doing? What also, <laughs> if you're somebody that buys a bunch of stuff, the concessions, uh, I don't want you there in the first place. You are at the movies for the wrong reason. The people who buy a bunch of stuff, like the only thing I'm okay with is popcorn and maybe a drink. That's it. That's the max. We we opened it up to way too much capitalism over here. And we opened up way too much greed and gluttony 
by adding like the fact that you can now buy a personal pan pizza at a movie theater is insanity <laughs> well that, i mean think about it that's how they make money i mean that's that's literally <laughs> i know it sucks money. Like, like i get so mad like sucks. i remember it i still remember them. the gift for the person in front of me who got a pepperoni pizza and i'm sitting there watching this crazy movie like the big swerve in that movie's happening and this person's just munching on a personal pan pepperoni pizza and I just want to throw them out the window. I was so mad that I can smell pepperoni pizza during this huge <laughs> moment in this great movie, this Joel Egerton movie that he did a great job in. And I'm just over here thinking about this dumb personal pan pizza that this person in front of me is eating. They've corrupted it for you. Infuriating. Look, man, I'm all for it. I'm for it. Like, if that's the whole point. The whole point of going to a film in the in the middle of the day presumably or like during prime time is so that you're having a viewing experience with other people nope sorry let's go ahead and get rid of all of them like let's go ahead and toss them like i should be able to at this point i have your own yeah that i think is where you're the only one where you can eat as many personal pan pizzas as as you like maybe that's the end goal for the podcast (laughs) philip is like we we get to the point where like we have a contract with amc or regal or somebody where Whenever we want to see a movie by ourselves, we can call them and be like, hey, uh, go ahead and set it aside. Yeah. Set it up. I don't like that. I don't like being in theaters by myself. What? It kind of, it kind of freaks me out. It, it freaks me out. All right. Think about it. Like, Well, you wouldn't be alone. I'd be there. Okay. Well, that would be funny. Person, like, we just sit on different sides of the theater. It. Like, they're the only two that... That would be great. I don't know. Think about it. Like, think... It, Honest, like, okay, if I'm just speaking on behalf mm-hmm. of myself, I don't know how you feel, but to going to a theater to me is a declaration that a I'm interested in the the picture mm-hmm. being shown, and b I want to have an experience with other humans. Depends on the movie. Thing. Like, Get Out. I want. Like the theater part of it, like I heard the reactions, like that is something where I was like, I have to be here to with a bunch of people. I may I have to make sure that this theater is packed for this movie. Yeah. I think it depends on the movie. Yeah. Generally speaking, though, no, I don't do not care about the people around me in the theater. Do not care. <laughs> I went to see. Uh, I saw Lady Bird mm. um, in a packed theater, and it was all like moms and, and really? daughters. They didn't know and, what this movie um, was. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they did or di- – obviously, they had to have known what it was. And um, this was on the Upper East Side. And, like, I remember I got there kind of – like, right when it started. So I had to um, find, like, an empty seat. And I was, like, climbing over people. I was like, oh, this is, like – this is like a bunch of moms and, and <laughs> I was like, okay, this, this is cool. I'm just here by myself. And when I tell you like by the end of it, where, uh, there were so much, like not even by the end of it, like there are so many times in the middle of the movie where other people were crying and like, because they were crying, like <laughs> it's like, this is, this is what being in a theater is, is all about. Like this is, this is exactly why I, I can't, like I could not imagine watching that movie by by myself. It would not have been the same, which is why ultimately I think theaters have to and will make a comeback. And I think it'll probably start with with the festival mm. circuit. Like Sundance will never go away. 
you know, Toronto will never go away. Tribeca will never go away. Um, these are the last, <laughs> the last, you know, bastions of, of, um, viewing culture where people can be together and feel things together. And I think it's, it's important. The commercial stuff like that, they'll be okay. Like they'll figure out how to make a movie that costs $50 million to make gross them a hundred million dollars. You know, like I don't know how much Mulan has, has grossed so far. I assume it's, it's nowhere near what it cost, but um, they'll figure it out. It's the indie, it's the indie features and you know the the art house stuff that that I'm concerned about um I think people need to go see those things in in person like the movie Kajillionaire have you have you heard of it or I seen have not it yet? like that's the type I mean it's on Amazon um Prime right now and everyone should go watch it immediately pay the twenty dollars it costs to rent it um <laughs> Because those are the types of movies and and artists who um, I think need will need the support of the like a theatrical release. Um, if you're doing something that's like super niche, it's hard to get publicity for it. It's hard to get, uh, and maybe you're not doing it for the money, or you're not doing it for the publicity, or doing it for the art form. Um, but either way, like people have to see the work so um i'm all for I've, i think i've probably spent like like 500 or 600 dollars renting movies this year like it's it's crazy um because those people need to get paid <laughs> yeah well that's a good way of wrapping up spider-man into the spider-verse philip those people <laughs> need to get paid <laughs> that's about i mean it. that's that's what i took away from this movie People need to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, Philip. Well, what are we doing next week? Uh, do you want to do? Are green you ready? Room? Do you are you gonna have to rewatch it? You I remember don't think it? So I'm. Okay. Yeah. I have my notes and everything. Okay. Are you ready for the heavy? The heavy-handed. It's yeah. a heavy hitter, yeah. It's a pretty heavy hitter. Not as not as uh, light go as it. this movie, I would say. <laughs> Despite, I mean, Peter B. Parker is kind of a brooding brooding character, and then of course, Nicolas Cage's Spider Man is uh, <laughs> my favorite line. Is uh, can you close off your feelings so you don't get crippled by the moral ambiguity <laughs> of violent actions? <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> it's very dark. <laughs> <laughs> very yeah it's good I like it I like it alright Philip you say well we can find you on Twitter at Philip Philip with Musse. one L with one L it's the way it was meant to mm-hmm. be spelled mm-hmm. unless of course you have two L's when you know that was that's how it was meant to be spelled for you so wait are you we can share we can share the name y- wait what I'm saying Philip with one L is the name that it was meant to be spelled, unless I thought you, you were know, literally saying that your parents meant to put Philip, and they misspelled on like your, and they just went with it. Okay. Oh no. 
I thought that's what you were suggesting. No, okay. I'm saying it's okay to have two L's Got in your it. name if you Okay. I thought you were L's. breaking some news here. I was like, wait, what? Is that a thing? Um, no. No, we're good. All right. We're good over here. Well, Philip, for that guy down there. And where are you, Philip? Where are you? It's a bonfire. I think I'm in Tahiti. Tahiti right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Am I supposed to finish yeah, that sentence? That was, I literally set you up for that. It's a, yeah, it's a Childish Gambino mm-hmm. reference, but... It's a bonfire. Turn the lights yeah, out. I'm burning everything you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stone Mountain, Georgia. Yeah. Maybe Stone that's Mountain, what we'll Georgia. get. We'll get Gambito on here it's at some point, and we'll be able to use his music Dude. for the show. Dude, interestingly enough, Gambino was... or. Donald Glover was he's a mastermind who, was, who had been pushing the time no, no, no. Uh, anyway continue <laughs> <laughs> aside um, he pushed or had been pushing for a black spider-man for mm. a long time and um, I remember the images that people were sharing after, all the time like him in the spider-man suit like people wanted Donald Glover to be spider-man for for a really long time yeah well he got to be Jefferson I don't, this is, it's a bit strange to me, by the way, that his name is Jefferson mm-hmm. Davis. Like, I don't get why they named the first black Spider-Man's dad after the president of the Confederacy. Uh, that just, I, I just don't under, like, I don't, I don't get if, if they're being ironic or whatever, but. Is it a Stone Mountain thing? Donald Glover played Jefferson Davis. <laughs> Stone Mountain thing. <laughs> well, in that case. There might have, there probably is a character in here somewhere lurking by the name of Stonewall Jackson and maybe another one by the name of Robert E. Lee. I just didn't get why they named him Jefferson Davis. Um, but that's all to say that Donald Glover played the character of Jeff Davis in the, what was it, the Spider-Man Homecoming? Hmm. Yeah. So he got to be in a Spider-Man movie with Zendaya. With Zendaya. Um, all right, Philip. Well, that is all I've got for that guy down there in Stamata, Georgia. We will be back next week. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.